We are in a series right now that we are calling Colossians because we are looking at the book of Colossians found in the Bible. So if you have your Bible, open up to the book of Colossians. It's uh, only a couple chapters long, so it's not the easiest to find. It's in the New Testament, which is kind of closer to the back of the Bible. And um, we're going to, up through Ash Wednesday here, we're going to be spending some time in this, in this particular letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. My prayer is that it would be a, uh, you know, this is a, a young church. This is a young church in an area that was not planted by Paul himself. It was planted actually most likely by a guy named Epiphras, which we're going to look at a little bit today. Um, you can bring up a, the map here of of last week I'd shared this with you. There's Colossa in Asia Minor. Um, it's inland, so it's not along the coast. It was not part of, at least what we know, it was not part of Paul's uh, missionary journeys that he went on. There's a chance and a good chance that Paul actually never was in Colossa ever. And so um, that's, he's writing to them in Colossa. Uh, if you want a lot of detail about the setup, you got to go listen to last week's message because that's where I kind of set up the whole series. In a nutshell, though, he's either writing from prison in Rome or he's writing from prison um, down near Jerusalem area. We don't know exactly where he was, honestly. Um, probably the best guess and kind of tradition holds that he's in Rome when he's writing this at this time, although wherever he was doesn't change really the material all that much, honestly, and, and the, the content of what the reason for how it would be written and all those kinds of things. The dating would change a little bit. He'd either be a little earlier in the, in, uh, the 50 ADs or he'd be a little later, even touching on maybe like 60, 61 AD, depending on where he was. And so, you know, if you're a nerd about that kind of stuff, that can be fun to think about. But um, he's writing to the church there. Uh, zoom in one more spot on this. this. This is his missionary journeys. And you can see there um, that, that he misses that area is all that that's showing there is that's Paul's missionary journeys. He's writing to a church that he's probably never been to. Um, he's writing because he's concerned. He's concerned about some teaching that's infiltrated the church at the time. And he's going to end up speaking against some of these teachings and false teachings that have found their way into the church. So last week, my big message was, um, you know, God wants to speak to the creep. Remember that? That was my big message last week. The creep that can find its way into our hearts and into our lives. I thought it was a pretty good message. Because here's the deal. There's creep that happens into the dwelling, and there's even creep that happens into your life. And so we've got to start trying to recognize what that creep might be so that we can kind of defend ourselves against it. And there's some creeping going on into this church in Colossae, and Paul's going to end up speaking to that, okay? So today, it's going to be a little bit of a different message than I typically preach in that we're just going to walk through the text, and I'm going to kind of expound on some stuff as we kind of go. Uh, so it's not so much a three-point message or something like that. It's just going to be walking through the text. So if you have your Bibles, today would be a really good day for that. I'll have the stuff on the screen too. Let's pray, and then let's dive in. Father, thank you. 
Um, even now, I just think of myself, just calming myself down to be able to articulate now what you have for us, God. That we would, that we would calm ourselves. That we would calm ourselves so that we can hear clearly. There's so much noise in this world, God. Even the noise of our own hearts as we are concerned about finances or we're concerned about, um, we're concerned about health issues or we're concerned about family affairs um, or we're concerned about our vehicle running or not running or, or we're concerned about what's, what, what are we going to eat for lunch today? Am I going to a taco place or a burger place? We, there can just be so many noises in our lives. Um, and I just pray that this morning we'd be able to quiet our hearts enough to hear from you as you speak to us. And may we be open to, to hearing that word as your spirit works to shape us and mold us. And Jesus, being shaped and molded sometimes isn't always easy. Oftentimes it's actually very challenging. But we also know that you are attempting, you are, you are working to conform us into the image of your son. And I know this morning, at least for me, God, I want that. I want to look more and more like you. So if there's a weed that needs plucked out of Seth's heart, get it out of me. If there's a, an issue that has been suppressed into the, the recesses of my mind that I don't even want to deal with, bring it out if it needs dealt with. God, work this morning in a way that would draw me deeper into looking more and more like you. And I pray that for each of us in this room right now. I pray that boldly in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 through a little bit, and then we'll stop, and then we'll talk about it. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. We always thank God. Isn't that interesting? We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. What is it that pumps Paul up? He's, he, doesn't, you know, he doesn't know these people directly. Uh, he's not met maybe even some of them. But through a particular acquaintance, he's learned about this church, this young church in Colossae, and he gets excited about some stuff. And we hear it right here in this text. He says, we always thank God. I'm thankful to God for some of the stuff we're hearing. Well, what is it that fires Paul up? Is it that they're doing well, success, and, you know, like, they're making a lot of money? Is it that he's hearing that their careers are advancing? Ah, I'm so thankful you guys are becoming more educated. Is that it? 
that you're being more successful, that you're more prosperous. What is it that pumps him up right away at the very onset of the whole thing here, the onset of the letter? He says, I'm so thankful to God for the stuff that I'm hearing. What pumps him up? Well, what pumps him up is three words, right? Since we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, the love that you have for all of the saints, and because of the hope that you have laid up for you in heaven. Faith, hope, and love. These are the things that pump him up because he hears that this young church has these things. You know, is it, is it that they're building more buildings? Is it that they're expanding, you know, into the, to, to, now they got the, they got the uh, you know, the, um, the gymnasium now built onto the church? Now they got the bigger sanctuary? What's the stuff that pumps them up right off the bat? It's that there's faith in their hearts, that there's love taking place, especially between the saints, and that they have hope. That's what pumps them up. He's so thankful about this. What pumps up us? What, what pumps us up as a church? You know? What are the stuff that we get excited about? What are the things that we, what are the things that we even pray for as a church? You know, the world's measurement of success is different than God's measurement of success. Isn't that true? I mean, I think of that with my own kids. I think of what the world tells me, our culture tells me, on a regular basis about what it means for me to be a good dad or to be a good parent in raising my kids. But see, when I pray for my kids on a daily basis, my prayers aren't usually directed towards God, please let my kids make a ton of money someday. I, I don't pray that prayer. I don't pray, God, please let my kids be in something, you know, some, something successful. And, and may they just be super successful someday. I don't pray that very often. I don't, it's not that I don't want that for my kids. But the things that I get on my knees and I pray about and I'm just begging of God to do are things like, God, may my kids love you with everything they have. And may they love you and run that race that's marked out for them for their whole life. God, may my kids know there's forgiveness and there's, there's, there's um, redemption even when they make mistakes someday. And they're going to make some big ones. May my kids know that, that they can always go to you even when they feel like you've abandoned them or they've abandoned you. You know, if my kids become a lawyer or a doctor or a teacher and get a good job, and, you know, fine, okay, that's great. And if they serve the community, that's fine. I don't care. I don't, I don't even know if I care. They're a missionary and they go off into some dangerous territory where they might, you know, they're putting their lives on the line. I don't know if I even care that much. I want them to love God with everything they have. As I think about my prayers for you as a church, what do I pray for you so often? You know, I think of, I, I pray for you guys uh, um, Often, just as a, as a church as a whole, and, and I try to move to individually as best I can, but, but um, when I pray for you as a whole, my prayers aren't, God, please, please let them just be crazy successful today. Sometimes I do pray something like that. I do pray for health for you, physical health, well-being, 
success in businesses. Those aren't bad prayers. But you know what I get down on my knees and I beg of God to do? I beg of God for you guys, like things like, God, strengthen their faith. Strengthen their faith, God. Let the roots of their faith go deeper. God, may our church be the kind of church, right on my prayer card I have, may we grow in love for each other. May we be a church that grows in, in real life examples of, of where people are loving and caring for each other in our church. Please let that happen, God. I pray prayers like, God, draw them deeper into mission, into your mission. The mission of reaching their lost neighbor for Jesus. I pray that kind of prayer. So if, that's, if you start to get bugged about that, sorry, I apologize. But I pray that stuff. I pray, God, draw them deeper into community where they try to isolate themselves and do their own thing and they think they can go on life alone and they don't think they need the body. God, draw them deeper into community and relationships. See, the success, the measurement of success from our culture's perspective and from the church's, God's perspective, it's just different. Those are the prayers I pray for you. And here Paul says, we thank God we're praying to God. We thank God when we pray for you ever since we heard about your faith, the love that you have, and the hope that you have. And as we think about that, as we think about the Paul praying for them and what pumps Paul up and what gets me fired up, you know, that's what fires me up. When I see, when I see people in our church caring for each other, when I see people in our church body that are reaching out to disconnected people and, and bringing them and getting them connected to some local church in the area, when I see people taking care of people's tangible needs, that's the kind of stuff that fires me up. Let's just kind of move on here a little bit. Because of the hope laid up for you, of this... You have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epiphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So, here what Paul is saying is he's saying, what, what Paul is saying here is he's saying, you've heard the gospel, and now that gospel in you is bearing fruit, and it's even increasing as it is getting shared by you to other people in the valley that they live, in the cities around them. It's expanding out through Asia Minor, and Paul is saying, awesome job, praise God, because You've heard, and now you've not only heard, but you're speaking. And that's kind of my, my question that was in my mind as I was reading through this. I was like, here's Epiphras, who it seems like was converted, probably by Paul on one of the missionary journeys when Epiphras was maybe in Ephesus or something like that. He gets converted, goes back to Colossae, plants a church there, and is probably the pastor of that area now. He's back with Paul, brings the report to Paul. Paul says, let me speak into that church, writes the letter, and it goes back with, well, Tychicus is the guy who's end up, he's, he's the carrier of this message, to speak to the church there in Colossae. 
My question is, where have you heard the word? And who are you speaking the word to in your life? Who has spoken the word to you? And who are you speaking the word to? That's kind of what's going on here. Paul's saying, Epaphras brought you the word. You heard, which we know that faith comes from hearing the word, as from Romans. Faith is brought into your life. The newness of life that is yours in baptism, which we're going to see a little bit here, in, in the gospel, that word has transformed your life. You're a different person now. And now as you begin to speak that word to others, it's transforming their life as well. Who have you heard the word from? Who are the people that are speaking into your life? You know, I was thinking about that and just reflecting on that myself a little bit. Who are the people that I allow to speak into my life the Word of God? Well, one spot is every morning when I get up and I spend time in the Word on my own, that's a spot where God speaks to me through His Word. I listen to a lot of messages, uh, a lot of sermons on YouTube. And it's, it's important that you find the right people because you can find a lot of fruitcakes out there, honestly. But if you find the right people... Man, these are people, you know, for me, one of the filters that I run people through that, that preach to me is do they take it back to the cross, the death and resurrection of Jesus? Whatever they're talking about, do they bring it back at some point to, to Jesus and the death and resurrection and ground what they're saying in the gospel? And so I listen to a lot of people that do that. And so I, I want the word to be preached and spoken to me. Um, my family, when we get together each night around God's word and prayer, it's a spot where God speaks to me. When me and Jacqueline, before going to bed, get into the word and walk through just the husband and wife stuff of God's word, we, it's a spot where we allow God's word to speak into me. I'm on a text string with a bunch of my family who, who speak often God's word to me in that. Uh, my Monday night Bible study is a spot where I allow other guys to speak God's word into my life. Our small group that we're part of is a spot where God's word, I, I want to be saturated with the word of God. I want to be in places where I'm hearing it and saturating my life with his voice, the things he wants to say, because that's what I want to be shaped by. Where is God's word being spoken to you? Hopefully you'd say, this is a spot. You know? Where are those places where we're saturating ourselves with the word of God? And then, are we speaking it out? And oftentimes there's a connection. I'm not, I'm not trying to make it all super connect. But oftentimes there's a connection between what we're hearing and what we're saying. Right? We see little kids like this. You know, the things that are coming in are coming out. And so if we're not saturating ourselves with the word of God, there's a good chance you're not speaking the word of God to people. This is why it's so important to be in places, even as a Christian person, okay, you're a follower of Jesus, you love Jesus with everything you got, you've heard the gospel, you're, yep, I'm good, I'm done. No, you're not done. You're, now life is a life filled with being filled and reminded of the Grace and love of God. I've heard the cross. I've heard about the two empty tomb. Yeah, I want to hear about that every single day. 
I want to be reminding myself of what God has done, is doing, and will do in my life. I want to be reminding myself of his work and his activity, the gospel, him doing the verbs in my life. That's the rest of our life. I want to be just, I want to be saturated with that. And not just for myself, but like the psalmist, Psalm 51 says, when he's laying out his confession, I'm, I'm, this is, is a tra- me being transformed is not just for me. Me being transformed is also for the one that I then come into contact with. Because when we're saturated with the word of God, we'll find ourselves speaking the word of God to other people as well. When you're not saturated, when you're saturated with the culture, you'll speak the culture. You see what I'm saying? That's all I'm talking about there for just a second. That's just a little tangent. Who have you heard from? Who are you speaking to? What are we hearing? What are we speaking? That's all that is. Uh, Chapter 1, verse 9. Let's keep moving on. So Epaphras is this guy who planted this church. He spoke to the Colossians now. Now Paul is speaking to the Colossians. And then Paul says this. And so, from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. Paul doesn't know these people. And Paul is still saying, man, ever since, oh, snap, that's okay. Ever since, ever since I heard about you guys and what you're doing there, I've been praying for you. This was really kind of interesting to me, especially as our church is about church planting. And I find, actually, I kind of want to admit, I don't think we do the best job here, at least, and I'm talking me here, I don't think I do the best job of reminding us of praying for other church bodies. Whether it be um, Christ the King that supported us or Lamb of God, uh, Lazarus Church, who we are part, we're helping plant. You don't know that or maybe feel that, but we are helping plant that church. Uh, or Project 242 with Pastor Trey. Um, or whether it's, um, you know, Plum Grove, are we praying about these places? Paul says here, he says, ever since I heard about you guys and what's going on there, I'm praying for you. I'm lifting you up in prayer. And he doesn't even know them. No, it's easy to, for me to pray for my family. But do we, I think, I, think it's, I think it's worth noting that Paul finds, uh, takes it very seriously to be praying for the churches that are being planted throughout Rome at this time. I just think that's interesting. Do we find ourselves praying for local churches? You know, some of you obviously are doing I'm not. I'm not picking on it. I'm just saying I see, that's what I see here in the text. Yep, so even just now, let's just, let's just take a second and let's just pray for those churches. Is that cool? Lord, I just lift up to you those churches even we just named. God, where there's, where there's, um, where there's churches that have, have moved and allowed creep to come into their life, even some of the churches I named, where they've allowed creep to come in of, of maybe even making church more of just a social thing, um, help them, God, in that. God, where it's turned into just more the politics of things and it's not about love and, and, and hope and faith anymore or something, work that out of them. God, I, I think of 
where there's church planting happening and how difficult that can be, especially in this kind of COVID, post-COVID world where you're trying to launch and work some stuff. I pray for Mark and Laura and Trey and the difficult mountain they're climbing, that you'd bring them supporters and, 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 and people and relationships and, and, and an inbreaking of your spirit into the communities that they're trying to break into. Open up doors for us in Plum Grove and continue to work there. Get the creep out of our church, Lord, where there's a creeping in of, 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 of things that we've allowed to come in. Um, get that stuff out of us, Jesus. I just lift up to you these churches in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, we need to do a better job of that. That's on me. Paul's commitment to prayer, especially to local churches, is really important. Um, let's just kind of go on here. Verse 9, And so from the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled. What, what is the content of his prayer here? What is he going to pray for them? Shoot, I might have just screwed this up because I didn't maybe pray this stuff. But listen to what he prays for. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Look at some of the words that are up there. Look at some of the words that some of the things he's praying about. He's praying for knowledge and understanding. He's praying for wisdom. He's praying for, um, you know, what are some of the things here? Uh, to, to, to please God, that your lives may be lives that please God. That we'd walk out this faith in a, in a manner that would bring honor and glory to him. Bearing fruit. Let them be a kind of church that bear fruit. May they increase in knowledge. You know, knowledge here is, knowledge here is, when we think of knowledge, we think of intellectual knowledge oftentimes, knowing more stuff. It's interesting, the Bible doesn't use knowledge like that. I mean, it does, but it also uses it at a deeper level, and actually the Hebrew word for knowledge even goes deeper than that. You look at like, I don't have it on the screen, but Genesis 4 verse 1, it says that Adam knew his wife Eve, and they, they bore a son. Well, let me tell you, that's not just intellectual knowledge going on there. Right? There's a little more than just, I know you. No, it's relationship. It's relationship at, at almost the deepest kind of relationship. So when Paul is praying, God, may they grow in their knowledge of you. It's not just that you need another Bible study to learn how far it is from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. Oh, cool, little information. Okay, that's cool. But are you growing in your relationship with God? Hey, look at some of the look at some of the words that are used. Words like "may you be filled," "fully," "increasing," "strengthened." May these be the kinds of things that are happening to you as you're hearing the word, as we're living out faith and hope and love by the 
by the what? Uh, according to his glorious might, verse 11. That's the word, the Greek word there is dunamis. It's dynamite. Through his power and through his work, through the, that word that is in us, Christ himself, the word that's been made flesh, the dynamite going off in us as faith gets pushed to hope and as love begins to take place in the community. May you grow in that, guys. May you, may you allow yourself to be drawn deeper into that. That's what I know I want for you. Those are the kinds of things I pray for you. That those things would grow. That we would grow in our relationship with God. It, it, it's, it's, it's not just, yeah, I'm saved. I, I believe in Jesus as my Savior. Now leave me alone for the next you know, 70 years. And then someday when I die, I go to heaven. Paul's like, no, 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 no. I, I want you to grow in your relationship with God. That's what we want, right? That's what I want for me. I want to grow in my relationship with God. Not just knowledge, not just more under, not just more intellectual knowledge. I want to know him. The content of, of prayer. You know, do you remember that picture I put out a while back of me sewing? Do you remember that where I was up there? I had a picture of me at the sewing machine because I asked Jackie to teach me how to sew. Remember that? Do you know how many times I've been at that sewing machine since then? Zero. You know how many YouTube videos I've watched on sewing since then? Zero. Do you know how many magazines on sewing? Do you know how much I've thought about sewing since then? I've thought about sewing zero. I am not growing in my knowledge of sewing at all. I have not grown one iota in my knowledge of sewing. Now, I know there's a sewing machine. I know I could walk over to it and plug it in, and I, I know all that, but I'm not growing in, in, in the sewing world. One iota. What does it mean when Paul is praying that this young church would grow in the knowledge of God, in wisdom and understanding, increase all these words he's praying for them for? Look at verse 11 through 14. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for endurance and patience with joy. Notice those words. He wants them to be joy-filled, patient, enduring. Look at verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father. I'm so thankful to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and he's transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He's transferred us. I think of that, have you ever watched Star Wars? You remember when Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia, I think it's the first movie, New Hope, I think, when he's, they're at the bridge and the stormtroopers are coming through? I almost had it shown, but one stormtrooper gets shot, so I was like, ah, I better just wait. But, but, they're get, the stormtroopers are coming through and they're on, Luke and Leia are on one side and they're trying to get to the other side and Luke does his little lasso thing around the little thingy, my jigger, 
and Leia grabs on to Luke, gives him a little kiss for luck, and whoo, across. Remember that? Remember that one? Yeah, it's like well, that's like my favorite part. No, it's not my favorite part. I love Star Wars though. God has transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. He is the one who's, who's done the work and activity of going to the cross for you and for me. He is the one by his power, by his dynamite, by, through the, the working of the word, that the, the gift of faith that's given to us through hearing that word and hearing it on it, just saturating our lives with it through his work and through his activity. He transfers us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And it's interesting because it's in the past tense. It's in the past tense. And so we see the connection between Jesus' work on the cross. We see the connection between his work in the empty tomb where he, he dies, but he doesn't stay dead. He's risen from the dead. He comes out of the, de- of the tomb alive. And he does it to grant you newness of life. And we're going to see how that plays out in baptism a little bit later in Colossians. And and I honestly want to get into verses 15 through 20, but we can't. We have to treat that alone, even though it's actually part of this section of of Colossians. Next week, we're going to get into the just, man, what's one of the most Christological five verses in all of Scripture. It's just so powerful. But it's God who does the transferring work from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You know, recently, Jackie and I, I don't have the picture up here, uh, but Jackie and I have good friends of ours that just adopted a little girl. And, and I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know a ton about adoption, and I know some of you have been adopted, or maybe you've given a child up for adoption. And I know that the adoption world, there's lots of different stories. Everybody's got a different story. So I don't mean to speak as if it's all the same or something. But as I'm watching this little girl who's being adopted by our good friends, I'm watching this little girl move from a, a place of darkness, from a place of broken, like just incredible brokenness. It's not to say that our, my, our friends aren't broken too. I'm just saying there's, there's bad stuff happening in this little girl's life and clearly a situation that's just not good, Right? And, and that little girl now is getting transferred into a family of things like love and joy and peace and things like hope and kindness and gentleness. Does, does that make sense, what I'm saying? And so all these things are, are new for this person, this little girl that she gets to experience now through the transfer. And you and I, guys, we've been adopted into God's family. We've went from the kingdom of darkness where, it's, where we were slaves to sin and death, and we've been brought into the kingdom of light where we are heirs, sons and daughters of King Jesus, heirs to the throne of God himself. There's nothing better than that. What pumps up, Paul? The things that the world would say are successful or the kinds of lives that are, are changed by this radical good news of what God has done, what God is doing. What pumps me up as I look at you 
as we look at each other as a church in this community? Is it success in an American church kind of way? Or is it success of things like love, hope, joy, growing in our knowledge of God? Let's pray. Lord, I do pray all of these same prayers that the Apostle Paul prayed for the early church in Colossae. I pray those same things for our church, for our community, for the churches in this area. I pray, God, that you would continue to work in, a, in an incredible way to grow us in our relationship with you. May we not see it as static. Oh my gosh, forgive us, maybe even is the better word. Forgive us for where we have, we have made it into well, I know there is a God out there. That's good enough. Now someday, 40 years later, when I die, I go to heaven. Huh? That, God, forgive us for where we have turned it into that. Forgive us, Lord. Thank you, God, that you have transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Thank you that that's offered to every single person in the room and watching online today. Thank you, God, that you are working things like peace and joy, hope, love in us and through us. And may we rely on your strength for us to walk those things out. Help us, forgive us, Lord, for where we have relied on our own strength, on our own understanding, on our own thinking. Forgive us for that. Lord, we love you. We're amazed that you would want to be in a relationship with us. We're amazed by that. I just pray that you just keep drawing us deeper into that relationship with you. Grow us in that. We love you, Lord. We trust in you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.